The United States Border Patrol has exciting and rewarding career opportunities with the nation's largest law enforcement organization. Border Patrol agents enjoy great pay, outstanding federal benefits, and up to $20,000 in recruitment incentives. If you are looking for a way to serve something greater than yourself, consider the U.S. Border Patrol. Learn more online at cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. That's cbp.gov slash careers slash USBP. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello everyone and welcome back to Fly Purpley. I'm your host Steve Chico and sorry for not recording one last week but you know I got my booster shot and I also got a flu shot at the same time as the booster shot and as you can expect I was a little drowsy from that just a little bit tired so I I decided to take the week off from recording Fly Purpley but I'm back and I'm ready to talk about I guess the Flyers and Turkey and whatever, and I have the wonderful Steph Driver here to discuss all of that with me. Steph, how are you today? Oh, you know, you sent me a YouTube link last night. <laughs> and I haven't been able to stop thinking about it. It I've been obsessing over this commercial the entire season so far. So for most fans, I think... You will know what we're talking about, but for those of you who aren't familiar, who are watching outside of NBC Sports Philadelphia, for instance, there is a commercial that has been airing during all Flyers games to this point. It's a a Flyers commercial to get, like, you know, people to buy tickets and stuff like that. And the premise of the commercial is that this guy is a Flyers fan. He has goes to all the games and he's super superstitious about it. And he's so superstitious that he has a lucky urinal in the bathroom at the Wells Fargo Center that he needs to use. And he's going to wait until that stall's available and he can go tinkle in that urinal, that specific one. And then in the commercial, he he waits and a, a light shines on his face from the urinal when it opens up and he uses it and the flyers score. And his buddy looks over at him and they have, they share this look and he has a very smug like, works every time kind of look on his face it it's it's bizarre and let me tell you as a man who uses uh, a number of stadium urinals i can certainly say that i'm not looking to make eye contact with the guy i'm there with i'm not looking to have a conversation and when i do have those conversations i am i am looking straight forward at the wall dead ahead 
I want no <laughs> eye contact with anybody in that restroom. So here's the thing, right? As a woman, I don't know what happens in a men's bathroom. And I really, truly do not ever want to know. I do not want to see urinals in my commercial. I don't want to be thinking about this man's penis in my commercial. Like, I truly, truly do not understand why a urinating penis is the premise of a Flyers commercial. Come come to the hockey game where the the men are peeing. It's it's bizarre. It's urine is not what you <laughs> think about. And I mean, you can make all the jokes you want about the Flyers performance and and the bathroom and such. But ultimately, it's not what you want to associate with your product. And it's just it's weird. It's a very strange way to drive the superstition part home because we're all familiar with superstitions. A lot of us have our superstitions. Like I was I was busting my friend's chop at the Bruins game the other day. He went up and went on the concourse and during the second period and the Flyers scored bro- both their goals in that game. While he was on the concourse, I'm like, well, you got to get up and go again. You, got, you know, it's like, you, you got to stay know. there now, bro. Yeah, got to stay there. You can't watch any more of this game that we paid a hundred plus dollars to sit in the lower level for some reason. And it's, you know, you got your lucky shirts and everything. That's traditionally what you have. It's like, I got to wear this yep. jersey to every game, that kind of thing. A lucky urinal is so bizarre to me. It is such an. It's just weird. I got to tell you, the the women's bathrooms in the Wells Fargo Center, there's like 30 toilets minimum in each bathroom. Like, it just feels like an overwhelming decision to have to choose a favorite or a lucky one. How would you even remember? There are also so many bathrooms in the Wells Fargo Center. It just seems like a lot. It seems like a lot. It, it doesn't really seem. I, I just can't imagine saying, I got to wait for this toilet stall so the Flyers will score. Well, number one, I I try to go to the bathroom during gameplay as little as possible. That is just, that's not something I really a like rule. to do. Yeah, it's a rule. It's not something, I think I got up with 30 seconds left in the period at the last game I went to, to beat the rush. Oh, beat the rush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a beat the rush, but there's not a, Flyers got a rally. I'm going to go to the bathroom right now and they will score <laughs> while I'm going. <laughs> also, you still want to be thinking about these guys like urinating Pain! and penises and, and any of that stuff when you're, you're putting your product out there, that, that smug look. Let me, it's I've so never made weird. eye it's contact a... with my friend at a urinal. I will say that I've never made eye contact. I've never looked over and I'm like, Wow. Because your penis is out. That's what, like, the premise of this commercial is penises. And we could, <gasps> to talk about the men, the men's bathroom experience, right? You, when you go in there, if you do, if you are unfortunate enough to have to have a conversation with another guy when you're in there, you look straight forward. You just look at the wall and begrudgingly had this conversation. I'm always annoyed when somebody's like, hey, you want to shoot the shit while we're going to the... This happened in, in my old office all the time. Guys would always want to engage in conversation and it would be a thing. And I'm like, just, just just, let me just go and we could talk anywhere else. I don't want to talk here. Literally anywhere else. Meet me in the kitchen in 10 minutes, bro. I, I will talk to you in the hallway in 30 seconds. Just let me do this thing. 
and not talk to anybody. It's really the bare yeah. minimum. I had a guy who followed me into the bathroom one time to have a conversation. No. I tried to outpace him. I tried to take long walks, like long strides down the hallway. And he bothered me and followed me the whole way. And then it became a whole thing. Oh my thing. gosh. Yeah, it, it's just, but regardless, I'm not in there to talk to people. This is not, I'm not recording the podcast in the bathroom saying like, hey, uh, well, no, the acoustics would be awful. It'd be awful. It'd be really bad. You know, the toilet stall podcast is just not what we're here to record today because the acoustics are bad. And also, flushing toilets are not what you want to hear in the background. I turned down my heat because I record in my basement and I don't want the heater coming on while I'm recording. Oh, that's so kind of you. I never did that with my air conditioning. <laughs> oh, my God. Summer podcasts. I, I just let it run in the background. Summer podcasts are agony for me because I usually don't have anything on in the background. And I don't have central air in my house. So uh, I'm pretty much just at the, the mercy of whatever fan I have down in my basement. So I turn that off. And, you know, I, I joke about Durston on this podcast a lot, which is where I wear a backwards red hat. But I do that to absorb all the sweat that I put out yeah. while recording a summer podcast. It's a, I, I've since uh, graduated to headbands since they, they started putting great okay. wicking headbands out there. I'm actually wearing a gritty one. It's gritty eyes right now. And it's terrifying. And I love Hell it. Hell yeah. But it's, love that for you. I'm not sweating today though, because it's very cold in Philadelphia. Very cold. Is it? What's it like in Philly? Oh, like, uh, I'd have to look at the current temperature, but I, it's dipped into the 30s recently. So it's oh uh, today. Well, today, it's not that bad. Today, it's more like 48, 47. It's not as bad. But yesterday was very Well, cold. I got to tell you, in Georgia, because that's where I live now, oh, wow. uh, I woke up at 7 this morning to walk the dog and it was 29 degrees. In Georgia? Now, it's in Georgia. Now, it's 58 right now. But at 7 a.m., it was 29 degrees. Wow. Okay. Not, not what I would have expected, but all right. Yeah. It's, it's, now, have you ever spent, like, a significant amount of time in the South? No. I've spent maybe a few days at most consecutively. It is very strange here, the cold. So, obviously, I've lived in the North my whole life, the Northeast, very specifically um moving down here i was i was prepared for the heat and this summer the heat was nothing compared to what it was in philly so i feel good about that it was an awful summer but when it's when it starts to get cold it's a very different feel from when it gets cold in philly and i've been told it's because houses in the south tend to have more windows and they're not insulated for the cold weather the way that they would be in philly and new jersey and new york oh that's interesting i never would have thought of that but that makes total rational sense to me that that would be a factor yeah and i do i've got a ton of windows and they're big windows so like when it hits 58 right now i have my heat on 72 i'm someone who lives at 65 year round so i i'm like embarrassed that I have to turn up my heat but it's cold and I've also been told that the moisture in the air down here the humidity leads to the hot hot summers and then the the winters just get colder than they should it feels colder than they should and I'm 
uncomfortable with my new life of turning on the heat so high before February. 72. That's a nightmare to me. I, I stay around 65. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm embarrassed. I, I can't like the seventies in my house. I don't want that. <laughs> I, I, I'm very, oh God, I'm knocking, I'm, I'm gesturing with my hands so violently that I'm knocking things over on my desk. Like this is an abomination to me personally that my house is at 72. Like, this is not who I am as a person. I'm a sweaty person who likes to be cold at all times. Oh, I hear that so much. That is 100% where I'm at. Like, I reluctantly put on the heat last week because Em also got her her booster shot last week. And she was feeling very cold because she had some side effects. And I was like, all right, fine, I'll relent yeah. and I'll put on the heat for you, dear because otherwise I would have been stubborn and try. Actually, I probably would have put it on this week because it dipped into the 30s. And I'm like, okay, that's yeah. where I, I'll start to draw my line a little bit. But, you know, I'm, I'll throw in the hoodie indoors. I'll wear the sweatpants and I'll wear socks. You know, I'll, I'll do everything I have to before putting on that heat to a, a high level. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was like underneath my electric blankets and stuff. And I've got the socks and this. And I was still cold. So... No, it's it's been very strange, but I am proud to say that my streak of not putting on a jacket until it dips below 40 degrees remains really strong. Oh, good, good. I unfortunately have not been that strong. I've been, I've definitely worn my share of jackets so far this winter, but you know, I, no. I, I tend to just stick with the hoodie. The hoodie tends to be my, until I have to wear a full on jacket, I'll wear the hoodie. Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, have not even opened. I have a coat closet now, which I did not have in New Jersey, which is cool, but have not opened that door. So I feel good about that. <laughs> I live in South Philadelphia. We are afforded no such luxuries as a coat closet. No, there are no closets in Philly. Do they just don't exist? I have a closet in my bedroom and it's not a very good one. Yeah. That's pretty much when it, I lived though. in Philly, I had, I had a three bedroom house and only two of the bedrooms had a closet. That's you pretty much have to use a bedroom as a closet at that point. Yep. Yeah. And I did. I, I have a coat rack by the, the front door and that is overflowing with stuff. It's just then again, I'm also just a messy person. That's just how I live, unfortunately. Same. And relatable. Good. You know, we're, we're sweaty people who need to live in the cold. And we're are messy. sweaty, messy people. Thank you for listening to this podcast. It's <laughs> the sweaty, messy conversation right here. And that might explain the yeah. length of the average fly purple. You know, just it's a sweaty, messy time. But, you know, we're going to hang out for a bit and talk about stuff. And we're just going to hang out. We, we know that we're both uncomfortable, <laughs> but also we're having fun. We're having fun. That's why I talk so much, I think, is because I'm just always uncomfortable. And that's how I comfort myself is just rambling on incessantly. Oh, mine is is rampant, untreated ADHD. <laughs> there you go. I, I came to the realization the other day, no, I'm not friendly. I'm just hyperactive. Like, I will talk to anybody about anything for an extended period of time, and they think that we're very close friends <laughs> at the end of this. And I don't remember their name because I'm just talking. I'm just talking. Oh, I've been there. And I right now I'm I'm going through an experience because I have been part-time back in my office and number 1 I Gross. started this job during the pandemic. So I've been fully remote until now. And the past month I've had to go in a couple times a week and 
it's just so bizarre getting to know people again and also having to talk to people and, and interact. And it's like, I'm very friendly Ugh. to people in these settings, but like when I'm at home and somebody sends me a message or something, I'm just so grumpy about it. I'm like, <laughs> why you again? What do you need from me? So I, I'm this just strange introvert extrovert where I, I can give the appearance of an extrovert and really put on the charm sometimes for people. But man, if I could just stay in my cave and never talk to a soul, which is weird for a guy with a podcast to say, but if I could stay in my cave and never talk to a soul, I think I'd be pretty happy for the most part. Dude, let me tell you, I have three pets. That's the way to go. They don't talk back. It's true. You can talk to them and act a fool all day long and they just think it's fun. Oh, yeah. When I was watching Frankie for M's mom over the summer, he like it was just me and Frankie sitting in the living room all day. And like I would talk to him all the time. Be like, Frankie, what do you think about this? Should I place a bet on this, Frank? Yeah. We'll go for a walk, Frank. All right, let's go. And I'll talk to him. I'm walking him. And he's also the quietest dog in the world. I mean, Frankie's a a 12 year old French bulldog. He is just as quiet as it gets. He doesn't bark at all. So he just kind of like looks at me and it's just like, yes, there food now. No. okay, I'm going back to sleep. (laughs) <laughs> food how about how about no um i was gonna say something shit oh babies too so i've been spending a lot of time with my my twin nephews who are now six months old very adorable uh because my they are oh my god they're just i could eat them like they're just so <laughs> cute because my sister-in-law has been in the hospital for two months um so I've been spending a lot of time with the babies. And you know who does not give a fuck about you acting a fool in front of them? Babies. They love it. The weirder you act in front of them, the better it is. They think that I'm the funniest person that they've ever seen in their lives. And I gotta say, they've been alive for six months. I am the funniest person that they've ever seen. <laughs> it's a it's very limited like, pool, but you'll take it. I'll I'll take it. I accept this. Oh, we're around the same age. So you were you obviously remember VHS tapes. Oh, do I ever? I've got a few still. So I actually do too. There was one that I grew up on. It was like Mickey's Christmas Carols or something. That sounds familiar. It's it's from 1988. I found it on YouTube the other day. And I I streamed it to my brother's TV and I sang all the songs and danced for the boys and they're just laughing the whole time highly recommend if you don't have children of your own go find some nieces and nephews because they'll laugh at you but they don't talk yet i you know i I should just start pressuring my sisters into that like you know give me give me a nephew or niece that i can entertain you know yeah i'd be great at that and then give them back when they and when they poop like here this is your problem i'm just here for the fun (laughs) I do get to see my friends' kids like every blue moon where I'll show up and I'll just be like weird and they'll be like, okay, I kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> kids love weird adults. It's the best. What I've always done is I just speak to kids like they're regular people and they love it. Or I'm just like, what's your deal? What are you doing? They're all about it. <laughs> all about it. Okay, let me tell you how the Flyers really just gave a slap in the face oh, to right. the alumni. This is a hockey podcast. Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you, Liam, the Flyers just purposefully went and <laughs> gave gave the alumni a slap in the face by starting things a half hour. No, obviously that didn't happen. Well, did you know that criticizing the Flyers organization is the same as investigative journalism? <laughs> it's the same thing. 
the same thing. So all of all of those tweets that you're doing about how how bad the flyers are right now, that's actually the same as as investigative journalism. Congratulations. It's true. Congratulations to to all the journalists out there that are working hard for the money. But I I will say, I did want to say that so it, it did suck that the attendance wasn't great for the Tockett and Holmgren, uh, you know, induction last week. But the alumni game itself, I went to that and I had a blast at that. I thought that was a lot of fun. I did see some criticism that it was like a Monday and blah, blah, blah. But like, I've been to a few alumni games at this point. This is probably like my fourth or fifth alumni game. And the only time I've been to an alumni game with a very significant attendance was the Flyers-Penguins one from a few years back because the Flyers alumni played an opposing team's alumni, which doesn't typically happen. And, you know, this also happened with the Rangers game before the Winter Classic in 2012. And not only are they playing an opposing team, but also they had they rolled four lines from each era. And I think it was the first time the Legion of Doom had reunited since like 98 or something like that. So I remember 97 that seven or so. Yeah. And it was awesome. It was great. But like, that's the only time like that was a pretty decently full Wells Fargo Center. But otherwise, alumni games, especially if it's Flyers versus Flyers are held in like. I don't know. I went to one in Reading, right? And that building probably seats like a few thousand people. It's not that much. It looks impressive, right? It's like a college football program. People always complain, oh, Temple doesn't get that high attendance. But a Temple, you know, the argument for Temple having their own stadium is, well, then they could have like a full looking house uh, because they, they're they never going to fill the link unless like Penn State's there because they're just not that big of a program, right? And Right. For an exhibition game between guys that are retired from playing hockey, they're not playing hard against each other. You're never going to get huge attendance for that. It's just not typically going to happen. And it's a great event. I love going. My dad had a blast at it. He was so happy to go. And I thought they did a great job with it. The uniforms look great. I love those 90s uniforms so much. And everybody had fun. It's just a fun time. Except for Mike Knubel, who took, I think it was a puck to the head or something. But he came back out because he's a badass. Uh, yeah, it was like, I, I I was reminded of Lappy. Like, oh, great, Knuppel's going to be the new assistant coach because he took a puck to the face. <laughs> but I actually wouldn't be upset about assistant coach Mike Knuppel, so. I love Mike Knuppel. As somebody who watched the Flyers, I too. I, obviously, because I'm an old head, I watched the Flyers very extensively in like 08, 09, 10. I'm a big Mike Knuppel fan. He was always a fun time out there. But, I, you know, I had a good yeah. time at that game. Uh, I thought... You know, it was funny as hell to see Scotty Upshaw and Joffrey Lupul like crushing it out there. Scotty Upshaw is still just a ridiculously handsome man. It's it's uh, absurd. I don't think I've ever noticed it with Upshaw. I, I've always the the only oh. player I have noticed the handsomeness with in the past is Simone Gagne. I think that's just undeniable. Oh God, yeah, no, he's he is a a international treasure. <laughs> He's great. I love him. And, like, and he's still handsome. He's still got it. But, okay, so you're putting it's, Upshaw it's, up there, too. Upshaw still got it. Yes. Not that he's, you know, Extremely, yes. Like, I think he just retired, like, what, two years ago? Yeah, they're, like, late 30s, if that. Right. They're our age. Oh, good. Which but, is our age? Excuse me, I am very firmly in my mid-30s. Thank you. Well, I am. I'm about to hit my late 30s, so it's... I'm like, I think in March, I'm officially in my late 30s. So that's fun for me. This is all jokes. We're 25. I'm 25. I'm 25 at heart. 
I certainly I just yeah. looked at we're at 25. Listen, I was watching videos of me podcasting from like seven years ago because I discovered this on the YouTube account that I uploaded the the commercial to for everybody to view, and I'm like, ah, oh, those were the days. But let's not talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that <laughs> Brad Marsh was, I think, the highlight of the alumni game. That guy's just having a blast. He's having so much fun out there. Well, I couldn't watch it, so I don't know. It would be nice if they made it a little bit more available for people to watch, that's for sure. But it's... Yes. I don't even know what to say to that one. It's not like... You know, Comcast Sportsnet is out there showing billiards or something or poker <laughs> thanks guys and i'm sorry nbc sports philadelphia it hasn't been comcast Sportsnet for like five years at this point <laughs> it's been a long time but that's okay at least stream it on the flyer site right i didn't see it oh no i'm saying they could have at least streamed it on like the flyer site oh yeah no that like would have been that would have been cool just like Stream it on fucking YouTube like they do with all of their pressers. Like, just do that. It's easy enough. It doesn't have to be great quality. Uh, but I I actually, I've interviewed Brad Marsh quite a few times um, and coordinated with him for a Snyder Hockey, uh, the, the the event that we did, the Snyder Hockey alumni game, where oh, that it was Snyder was Hockey so great, alumni versus Flyers alumni. So good. Brad Marsh, great guy. Very tall. Very tall, yes. God, that that event was so much fun. I that like seeing yeah. those kids get to play with the the Flyers alumni was such a thrill. Uh, a, a lot of people really lost it at this game because one of the Flyers Warriors got to come out on the ice and play net for a little bit at the end of the game, and that was really cool. Like, they, shut people, up! That's the coolest thing. Oh, uh, they they were loot. That crowd lost their mind. They, so they were chanting for the guy. So I think they knew he was going to play. I didn't know what the hell they were chanting either. I was just like, I, his name kind of sounded like coffee to me. And I'm like, do, do we get free coffee? Is this like the Sixers game with Frosties? What's going on here? But <laughs> they were chanting for him. And then he got to come out at the end and play a few minutes with the Flyers alumni and against the Flyers alumni. And it was like a thrill. So that was really cool. I, I think Duffy, I want to say Duffy, that he got to play uh, at the end of the game. And I think they named him like first star of the game. Love that. It's a cool event. That makes me happy. Yeah, that's that cool. was great. And just like everybody had a lot of fun. It's always funny seeing the the former goons go out there and try to show their skills <laughs> like uh, Todd yeah. Fedoric and Riley Cote was really showing off in that game. And Donald Brashear. Nice. I love that they brought Donald Brashear in for the alumni game. And like in a really sincere note, I hope that they give him some type of position within the organization. Like I hope that this opens the door for um future work together because i i think you know after the story from was it last year the year before about how he was working at a tim hortons like i just think that it would be a really nice gesture for someone who gave the best years of his life to hockey yeah literally gave blood sweat and tears to this organization yeah exactly so i think that would be really nice i think that would be really nice he he went out and I think he did some stuff with Snyder Hockey around this game as well. So that was great. Oh, to see. good. And you know, one of the big issues too with the NHL is having people of color involved. Especially, you know, Snyder Hockey deals with a lot of people of color and getting them into the game that is a very expensive game for people to play, especially for kids. And and you know, especially for kids who just are disadvantaged and not really 
you know, their families don't make that much money and they help them out with that. So it, it's great to have a role model, somebody they can look up to that, for lack of a better term, looks like them. Like, that's exciting. Yeah. And I, I love yep. that. I love to see him out there with those kids. Totally. Totally. So hopefully, hopefully he stays involved in whether it's Snyder Hockey or, or the Flyers themselves. And let's take care of our own because that's what the Flyers are really good at or really bad at, depending on who you listen to. <laughs> well, historically, the Flyers have been very good at taking care of their own. It's a deep seated organization. And you always see the alumni stay in the area and stay involved for a reason. Exactly. Exactly. Speaking of alumni, and I'm just kind of changing gears here. Um, I don't know if we're going to talk about this at all, but I am. Alumni, did you see Kimo Timonen modeling those Finnish Olympics jerseys? You know, let's talk about guys who still look good. Let's talk about Kimo Timonen. <laughs> did you see? Because, wow. <laughs> Number one, the jersey is beautiful. Oh Just my god! Of all the jerseys stunning. they unveiled, like that's easily the best looking one because the USA Today one is like, that's that's like a not great. Yeah, not good. But Finland is chef's kiss, and then Kimo Timonen is the model for the hockey jersey because of course he is, and he is just aged like Paul Rudd. <laughs> Fine wine over there for these guys. Fine wine. I'll be sure to mention Truly. this next time I get to interview Kimo. I'll be like, Kimo, what's your secret? Is it moisturizer? I bet he uses very expensive moisturizer. <laughs> it's all just Finnish spring water. Mountain spring water. Yeah. <laughs> Only the Sorry, finest for our Kimo. Has... There it is. There it is. Sorry. My apologies. Oh, there's the wolves. Hey, bear. Bear. He's got a lot to say about Kimotimanen and he, he thinks he can the get it too. waters the waters of Finland. <laughs> Bear loves the waters of Finland. He's all about it. He is. He's all about it. The saunas, the hot springs, in very into it. Bear, you ever drink the hot water of Finland? I have beer. <laughs> I just muted to yell at him so he may he may stop talking. <laughs> it's okay. It's all good commentary. I'm here for Bears commentating. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, 
business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I unfortunately, this is our gear shift into deep, dark territory here, because it was so funny that you came out on Twitter yesterday and was like, I'm not that worried about the Flyers. They seem all right. And I kind of agreed with you. And then that Tampa Bay game last night, just an abject disaster, just a terrible game. And we're recording this FYI before the Florida Panthers game is played. So we're not going to know anything about the Panthers game. Morgan Frost is going to be there. We'll talk about Morgan Frost, but we're not going to talk about that because I wanted to record this. We're recording at three in the afternoon, which for me is bizarre, but I'll take it. And let's talk well, about this. Four. Let's talk about this team. They are hurting right now. And that's literally hurting because these injuries are just, they're terrible and they're killing this team. Ryan Ellis, number one, he's out an additional four to six weeks. People are trying to dunk on the trade. Like, Oh, you got the receipt for that. Okay. Wyshynski. Okay. Let's <laughs> take a step back. Tough guy. Like, let's let us actually take a step back. So Ryan Ellis was traded from the Nashville Predators for Phil Myers and Nolan Patrick. Was there more? Was there a pick? Was there a... That was literally it. That was it. I was kayaking, so I missed the trade at the time. (laughs) Now let's look at how Phil Myers and Nolan Patrick are performing. Phil Myers, healthy scratch. Pretty consistently, yeah. Pretty consistent, healthy scratch. He has forgotten how to play hockey in Nashville. Nolan Patrick, I think he's played, I don't know the exact number, and I'm not just going to guess, but very few games for Vegas. He has been out with an injury. Now, again, I don't blame players for being injured, but I blame players for being healthy scratches consistently. Whether Ryan Ellis was traded or not, we would not be getting value out of Phil Myers or Nolan Patrick right now. So may as well stick it out with Ryan Ellis, who rocks. Yeah. So Nolan Patrick, four games played, one goal. That's it. Oh, I was going to say three or five. I should I should have just said four. Oh, I'm an <laughs> idiot. Whatever. It's fine. No, no. It's it, I don't like to make assumptions about this. And I, I often say there's no way to look it up. But, you know, occasionally I do feel like looking it up. And Phil Myers has played eight games. He has zero points. Yeah, just completely forgotten how to hockey. And we we saw this last year from Phil Myers. I was shocked that even a broken Ryan Ellis could be acquired for just Nolan Patrick, who, again, they traded away instantly, and Phil Myers. And, like, I make that trade all day, every day. And even the two games or whatever we saw of... Of Ryan Ellis was majestic. It was glorious. I mean, the man just skates like he's he's as smooth as butter in his skating. He's fantastic. Yeah. And he put up more points than either of those guys have combined right now. So it's like, it's a no-brainer trade. So don't, 
take your dunks back, Wyshynski. I know the devil's fan in you needs to come out and be like, ha ha ha, the Flyers got fleeced, but they didn't get fleeced because they still have gotten more out of this guy than they would have out of either of them. But exactly. The problem I now have, the trade. No, you go. Okay, I will go. The problem I have is that it's not even with the trade in any way. I think the trade's fantastic. I make that trade all the time. But I'm a little, I'm a little miffed at. It. I don't know if he rushed himself back, the training staff rushed him back, or what. Like I really don't understand why he played in that game in Dallas, where it was a back to back with Carolina and Dallas on the road. Just wait till he gets back to Philly. I, I don't really understand why they did that. And I, I'm not saying it's, you know, the fly, flight out or anything. I'm not insinuating anything like that contributed to him getting hurt. But it, it certainly felt like there was a little bit more time. I don't understand why they didn't wait till he was 100%, especially considering Nick Sealer's been pretty solid. And I think they could have gone another game or two with Nick Sealer and been fine and then inserted Ryan Ellis in there. I know they really wanted to get Ellis and Hayes back, but we'll just throw... Kevin Hayes in there because he's week to week now with the same injury he had before. And it's, it, I don't know if there's any truth to it, but it certainly feels like these guys were rushed back. And I really hate that. Yeah. So they were talking about this on um, the Broad Street Hockey radio show that I accidentally slept through this week, which is why I was not on the show. Doe. So, <laughs> oh, well, welp. That's a famous Charlie. Um, <laughs> so what they said, speaking of Charlie, what he said was that their two injuries to Ryan Ellis and Kevin Hayes were kind of in order for them to get medical clearance. They just kind of had to test it out. Like with their injuries, it wasn't a clear like, OK, well, your broken arm has been healed. You're ready to go out there. It was more of a, well, how does it feel? Like, do you feel okay? They had to test it out in order to see where they were in their recovery. Do I think that this is a good way to doctor? Absolutely not. Like, you need to know whether your patient is is ready to perform their job or not. Like, you can't just be like, oh, well, you need to feel it out in a game. Like, No, that's what practice is for. That's what physical therapy is for. There's a lot of other ways to get to that answer. That being said, I don't think that there's intended negligence by the the training staff, by the medical staff. I think that there has been in the past, looking at Eric Lindros. Oh, sure. And that's a long time ago. And I think that's pretty a long time ago. well now, documented has the staff, on what went wrong Right, there. but has the staff changed over since then? I don't believe that they have. Hmm. Well, I'm not going to comment it, on that portion. Right, I think that I think that it was Jim McCross and then I think it's Jim McCross and now. I believe. I, that's I the don't. Case. I don't know. I could be making this up. Please, please don't Google it and tell me that I was incorrect because Steph was I'm wrong. Not putting any Shut right, her like I'm not down. putting any stock no. in the claims that I'm making. I'm saying I think that it was, but it very well may not have been. I'm just saying that it sucks. It sucks that Ryan Ellis and Kevin Hayes are out. For another stretch, uh, but I think that now I did watch that Tampa game and I was embarrassed, but it's the Tampa Bay Lightning. They just won back-to-back cups, so let's have just a little bit of grace with the Flyers there. I think that 
this core could hold it together long enough for Ryan Ellis and Kevin Hayes to get back. And it sounds like Kevin Hayes is going to be back before Ryan Ellis, which is excellent. I have faith that they'll be able to hold it together and then make a real push through the stretch to the playoffs. Like, we're still so early in the season that we shouldn't be panicking yet, right? That's where I'm at. Like, I I really feel like all this, like, oh my god, we gotta do something now is very unnecessary because it is so early in the season. Like, some people go with that, well, if you're not in a playoff position by Thanksgiving, you're not gonna make it. This division's gonna be close. You have to stay close. Don't get me wrong there. This is a very tough stretch. This month is just an awful month for the Flyers, and this week in particular is brutal because Tampa Bay is great, Florida's great, Carolina's great. That's three great teams in a row, and I, if you deny any of those teams are great, I don't think you've been watching hockey for the last two or three years. And then they got the Devils, and frankly, if... Okay, so they go on a, a losing skid this week, right, which would suck, but it's very possible. It's It's likely. It's likely. You gotta correct course against teams like the Devils, and I know they have a tough time with the Islanders, but you got the Islanders there. These are the teams to correct course against, and those are the games you have to win. So, don't get me wrong. I want to see them come out and kick ass in Florida tonight. If not kick ass, just at least get to overtime and get a point, But which is a very loser mentality, don't get me wrong. But it's it's tough to see, but at the same time, like I get it. These are big injuries, and frankly... You can keep Ryan Ellis on the shelf for a while, for all I care, but I, as long as he comes back 100%, I don't want him, like, coming back, like, 85% and getting hurt again, because that just sucked. It was, like, a cruel tease. And the same thing with Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes comes back, has this magical moment where he scores a goal and dedicates it to his brother, and it's it's awesome. Oh, that was beautiful. Beautiful oh, so moment. beautiful and touching. A point to the sky. And Cam Atkinson was the first one to hug him afterwards, and oh, it was just such a touching moment. A fairy tale story right there. It's awesome. And then to see him hurt again and on the shelf, it just, it really sucks. It really sucks to see that, because these guys are also heart and soul guys of your team. Like Kevin Hayes, the entire offseason was built around bringing in Kevin Hayes' buddies for morale, right? Like, Kevin Hayes is clearly the life of the party here, and they want to keep it going, and they like what he brings, and they want more of that. And to see him out really sucks right now, because you need a guy like him in the room rallying the troops. Like, we talked before about how, like, Claude Giroux and Sean Couturier are, are a little bit more like, I don't know what the locker room interactions are like, but they certainly seem to be a little bit more lead-by-example type guys, whereas Kevin Hayes seems to really be your your morale guy. Yeah, and I like that they took him on the road trip, even though he may not play, because I agree. Like, they need they need him in the locker room, because they're all his, his buds. And otherwise, he's probably blowing up their phones telling him that, or telling everyone individually that he misses them, because that's the thing that Kevin Hayes does. It seems like a thing that Kevin Hayes does, for sure. And it, it, it's it's a thing that Kevin Hayes does. Is it does. a thing Kevin Hayes does? It, you know, it warms the heart right there. Kevin Hayes is the heart and soul of this team right now. He is the guy who rallies the troops. He's the morale guy. And I hate seeing him out. And Ellis, it seemed like we had that defensive leader that we've really been needing for so long, where, again, Ivan Provorov. Love Ivan Provorov. But he, again, seems like a little bit more of a lead-by-example guy, that work ethic, that hard work lifting logs up mountains, all that shit. Ryan Ellis certainly seemed like a bit more of a vocal on-ice leader for this defense, so I really want to see him back, and it's 
it, it's hard to judge this team too harshly until those guys are back in. And it's also hard to want to demand a bit of a, a panic move until then, because don't get me wrong. I would love if the Flyers could get like, I don't know, a stud scorer or something like that. But I don't know if anybody's even available right now for that kind of move. Well, look at let's let's just take a quick look at Vancouver and how they're completely disintegrating and give me any one of their little young scoring dudes. Give me Brock Besser. Give me Pedersen. Give me who else is? Oh on my that god! Team? Can you imagine if they got Pe- they wouldn't get Pedersen? Give me a Hughes or they wouldn't get Pedersen. But people would be so obnoxious if they did get Pedersen because of that draft with Nolan Patrick and everything. Like oh I don't, my yeah. god, it would just be unbearable. More so unbearable on Twitter because it's already pretty unbearable. Don't get me wrong, but it would be more unbearable. But like I would love to pry Besser away from them. That would be amazing. I would. I think I would actually cry. Because Brock Besser is all of the things good and pure in the world. That's it. All the things? He's just like a... I I don't even know what the example I would throw out there is, but... All All of the the things things good and pure in the world. He went to the All-Star game where they were, you know, they do the calendar shoot with adoptable puppies and adopted a puppy. Like, he is all of the things good and pure in the world. Aww. He's perfect. How can you deny that? All right, fine. Trade everything you got for Brock Besser. Let's make it happen. That's what I'm saying. Every Everything you got. All right. Kevin Hayes will be the third line center. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's $7 million. Lawton at 4C. We actually, we actually have a good fourth line. If Lawton's at 4C, we're fine. Oh, I've been there pretty much. like when All the penciling I've been doing with this lineup since the offseason, going like, if you can just get Lawton at 4C, you're good. That's... The goal right there. And it's just these injuries keep piling up. I mean, if Wade Allison gets it's back, awful. that'll be a nice move in the right direction. That would be cool, too. Yeah. He's skating with the Is Phantoms, he skating? I think. Okay, good. Yeah, good. I think he's I think he's getting closer. I think he just started skating with the Phantoms. I don't know if he's playing for the Phantoms just yet, but hopefully that starts soon because that guy was such a, a great shot in the arm late last year. Like, he was the only fun thing for the last month or two of the Flyers. I, I just want to take a brief aside and talk about the Flyers 2C struggles. When was the last time we had a legit 2C? Was it when Sean Couturier was playing 2C and G was 1C? I would say so, for sure. And I I think Kevin Hayes has been a legit 2C when he's been Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I right. So I'm, I'm saying because he's injured. Like, that sucks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean... It the thing about the Flyers with two C that kind of befuddles me is I'm so used to the Flyers having center depth and that being their forte to see them now be like, well, let's put Derek Broussard at two C. Oh, is that where we're at? <laughs> no offense to Scott. Apparently, Lawton. no offense to Scott Lawton, but he's just not that guy. He's I think pretty definitively a bottom six guy, and when he was drafted, I think. A lot of people saw Lawton and they were like, oh, well, he's going to be the next Mike Richards. And then they've taken some swings. We look at, at Yerman uh, Rubstoff, the germ, and the germ. He didn't work out. You're or fired. at least he has not worked out. I have said this for years. I've always been fired and I will always come back. The Phoenix rises from the ashes with the germ. The germ hasn't really worked out in any capacity. And I can't even think of some of the other centers they've really drafted in recent years, but... 
Morgan Frost, who was just called up in the, the wake of Derek Broussard's injury in the Tampa Bay game, is the latest guy to really be like, have that pressure of being a, a 2-3-C for this team. I, I just, like, I'm fascinated by Morgan Frost. Like, I'm fascinated by just what exactly he did wrong to just not really get a shot on this team. Yeah, he was injured last year, so okay. But, like, he's been around for a while. And I know that he was tiny. But, like, it just feels like there's something else going on there. Do you agree? It felt weird to me coming out of camp because I thought he yeah. absolutely deserved a chance. Chuck Fletcher has really done his, uh, his soft shoe and said that this is really more of a thing to get him healthy. But it really feels like this is a great opportunity for both York and Frost to really come up and show us what they got with all these injuries. And we haven't seen either of them. And I guess you could give the argument that, you know, York and... Uh, I guess Yandel are too similar, so you couldn't really pair them together. I guess I could buy that, but I don't really, I don't really know why York hasn't gotten a shot over Nick Sealer. But at least Frost is getting up now. I'm really hoping he makes a definitive spot for himself. But yeah, I'm not sure what the deal is there. I he's a, a fascinating player because he was drafted with yeah. so much upside and so much skill. And he's the guy, if it works out, like I'm already pretty happy with how the Braden Shen trade worked out because Farabee's been awesome. Although I don't, oh, I don't really yeah. know where he's been the last couple of weeks, but you know, Farabee last he's year, sleeping. You, you know, he's just resting. He's resting up for the second half of the season. He's the bees is going to be here. Exactly. He's, he's just taking a little hibernation. He's fine. He's fine. No worries. But if, you know, I like how Farabee, for the most part, is shaped up so far. So if if Frost really works out and becomes a regular player for this team, that trade's a total coup. Like, that's exactly... I, I make that trade to start with, but, you know, if these players both work out and become NHL-caliber players, especially middle six, you know, that's great. And I just really want to see what he has, and I really hope he can cement himself in there because this lineup becomes very strong, I think, if you have... Frost in here, Allison, Hayes, like all these names, because, and this is no offense to Zach McEwen or Patrick Brown or <laughs> Nate Thompson, but maybe a little offense, but I, those aren't the guys you really want to see in there. I mean, McEwen's been a lot of fun, don't get me wrong, but, and Max Willman, like, these are all like replacement level players. These are not guys who are really going to win you a ton of hockey games, win you any hockey games, really. What do we know about Max Willman? I know his name is Max, and that's it. Okay, good, because that's about all I know about him as well. Was he drafted by the team? I have no idea. Has he just been hanging out? All right, great. We're, 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 this is a professional podcast. I said hey Siri, when we who started is Max Willman? that... Let's see. Yeah, I got Max Woman Vaginal Tightening Gel. Well, that's not it. That's not it. That's not Max Willman. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll, I'll look him up. Um, I said before we started, I said before we started that Bear was not going to scream a lot because he was sleeping and boy, have I been wrong. <laughs> All right, Steph, we're going to do the Max Willman quiz right here. How old? Well, I just pulled it up. Oh, okay. Hold on. Okay. Well, I was going to, but I didn't look you. at it. I didn't okay. look at it, but I did pull it up. So well, don't right. look at it. We're going to do the quiz right here. All right. The first okay. question, 
How old is Max Wilman? Okay, so I actually did see that he was drafted by the Buffalo Sabres in 2014. So that would make him, hold on, 2014 was, fuck, math, 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 seven years ago. So if he was 18 when he was drafted, that would make him 25. 26, born February. All right, close enough. 1995. Oh, God. I know. (laughs) All right, what else? What else about Max Wilman? What do we know? Let's see. Uh, I don't really know what else to say about him. He's six foot. He's 183 pounds. Is Max Willman American or Canadian? Ooh, that sounds like a mm, Max Willman. That sounds like a prairie name. Let's say Canadian. He is American from Massachusetts. Barnstable, Massachusetts. Yep, yep, yep. Good old. Because you need a barn and a stable. Yep. (laughs) It's true. I mean. You don't even have a a true farm unless you have both of those. You gotta. That's all I know about farms. All right. (laughs) Lastly, who has Max Willman played for professionally? How many franchises? Well, he was drafted by the Buffalo Sabres. And he's playing for the Philadelphia Flyers. So let's say one. He has only played for the Flyers organization. He's played for the Reading Royals, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and now the Philadelphia Flyers. Whoa! So he started in the ECHL, which is not the East Coast Hockey League. Correct. Huh. Oh, that's wow. not that's not something you really see often, is, is a guy that played in the ECHL making the NHL. No, you don't see that often. And also, fun fact about Max Wilman, he played for Brown University and Boston University. Oh. Now we know. How about that? All about Max Willman, replacement level bottom sixer. When did he become a Flyers? Was it a free agent signing? We're going to find out. (laughs) We're finding out. Finding out. Let's see. We have now done more investigative journalism about Max Willman than anybody else on the Flyers. It's true. That's the Max Willman power hour. The Sabres opted not to sign Willman after his year at Boston University. And so he accepted an offer from the Reading Royals of the ECHL. Oh, so it wasn't even the Flyers. The Royals signed him. Royals ah, signed him. Amazing. And he's moved up through the ranks. So really, he's the biggest he's story. He's a success story. He's a success story. Look he at is, him. He is America. Max Wellman is America. Pulling himself up by his bootstraps. All right, well, I'm into him now. You're into him. All right. Apparently, Max I'm Willman. a Max Wellman fan. I would not be able to pick him out of a lineup of Patrick Brown... Who else do I not know what they look like? Well, I, we know team. what McEwen looks like because he's got that mustache. We know what McEwen looks like. I know what Nate Thompson looks like. I actually, I probably don't know what Derek Broussard looks like. I know Kelly knows what Derek But I feel Broussard like I would like. be able to, I would be able to pick him out of a lineup. I know what Cam Atkinson. Yeah, everybody knows Cam Atkinson. He's like a little pixie. He's, you know, come on. He's a little cherub. Yeah. Yandel, I may not be able to pick out of a lineup. Hmm. We might have to play this game later where we have the the shell game with just here's five pictures. Identify these five players. Yeah. No, that would be fun because it's it's the new guys that I don't know what they look like. I forget. I did this Some with Justin Braun with with Jason in the Slack last year where I put I remember that. <laughs> three pictures. I forget that all the different hockey I put three different hockey players in there and I was like identify which one is Justin Braun and I think he he had to think about it for a good like 3 to 4 minutes. But he got it on the first try. He did but... get it. I'll give him credit on that. He got it and I I yeah. I can't blame him though. It's hockey men, they just look 
yeah, I couldn't tell Max Wellman and Patrick Brown apart at all, but it's, and for yeah. some reason, one of them's playing above Oscar Lindblom in the lineup, but that's, you know, that's how hockey goes. Honestly, that's disgusting to me. It's, it's, I've never been more insulted in my life. I don't understand. Like, I get it. Oscar Lindblom's not putting up numbers, right? But for the most part, I think he's played good hockey. I think he's played a lot of smart hockey. Yeah. I'm a little frustrated by him being like shuffled on the fourth line. And again, this is, I don't mean offense to Max Willman, but Max Willman started as a guy who was signed by the Reading Royals. So I, it's not exactly Wait, like he's got Oscar the Oscar play. Didn't Oscar play last night? He did, but I think he was a Hold fourth on. liner. That's what I'm saying. Like, yes, uh, uh, that's exactly what. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's Will, exactly Willman was on was. the third line and Oscar was on the, the fourth line. Okay. I just misunderstood. But, well, he saying. did get I scratched, were... I think, two weeks ago because yes. Elaine thought he, he needed a breather. And again, I don't know what's going on in the locker room. I don't know any of that stuff. But to my eyes, I certainly don't think Oscar Lindblom should be playing below Max Willman in a Flyers lineup. It just seems... No, Oscar Lindblom is not the problem on this team. And when two coaches consecutively have decided that maybe he is, the coaches continue to be the problem. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Like, A.V., I have not resulted to calling him Allen yet because I still have a little bit of respect for him. But I really need you to get your head out of your ass. Big Al getting challenged by Steph Driver on Flight Purpley this week. Like, I know shit's tough, but this is not how you, you you play with Oscar Lindblom. Like, this is just not it. Yeah. This ain't it, Chief. Do the, do the youth still say that? <laughs> I don't know if they ever said that, but let's say they do. I don't know. If they they did at some point. Sure. You're on TikTok right. more than me. I don't know what any of the youths think. And I don't work with youths anymore. I My old job, I was just surrounded by people younger than me. And now I'm closer to the median age, even maybe on the younger side. It's it's nice for me because I'm not just leading around a pack of, of wild youths, but <laughs> youths, <laughs> the youths, the youths. Ugh, this team is just like it feels like they should be better. It feels like things. Yes. I, I I know injuries are a lot of problems, but the offensive woes have been a big problem lately because at least if a team is scoring, they're fun. They're just not even scoring right now. I'm very glad you brought that up. Yes. Well, I, I call this next segment offensive woes or the ballad of French Mike, because I didn't get a chance last week to talk about French Mike, which is my new favorite French nickname. Mike. I can't believe I didn't come up with French Mike. It's so good. So this quote, this is via our dear friend, Charlie. So when it's not working, like right now, our power play struggling. It's not French Mike's fault. It's the big guy. I'm the big guy. I'm the guy in charge of it. And I've got to find ways to make sure that the power play works. That's Elaine Vigneault calling himself the big guy, which I think Elaine Vigneault listens to Fly Purpley confirmed if he's calling himself the big guy, Big Al over here. But we know that they take ideas from you. So obviously he's alluding to his nickname, Big Al. He is obviously alluding to his nickname, Big Al, but I just can't believe Big Al came up with a better nickname for Michelle Terrian than I had. French Mike is outstanding. French Mike. I love it. I don't love Michelle Terrian. I think he's terrible and I really don't like his power play. I think his power play is so hilariously unimaginative with such good players. I don't understand it at all. And the fact that they keep trying Ivan Provorov on that top pairing is a joke, but I, 
at the same time, French Mike is fantastic. I don't want to let go of a guy with the name French Mike. So guess what? He's he's hired for life. The French Mike connection is here to stay. <sighs> so the the scoring woes. I was really thinking about it last night, and a name came up. Ooh. And before I before I say the name out loud, I just want to want to discuss a couple things. The trade was not bad. I would do the trade over again. Uh, number three, it needed to happen. So, so the person that I thought about was Jakub Voracek. Ooh, that's because spicy. my dude, my dude, even if he wasn't scoring all of the goals, really, really set people up to score goals, and I think that. The team is missing a little bit of that right now. Again, I love the trade for both sides. And I love Cam Atkinson. And I, you're going to have to take him away from my cold, dead hands because <laughs> Cam Atkinson is a Flyers forever. He's just so much fun. He's just like, it's just, again, you want to talk about like a bundle of joy. It's Cam Atkinson. He's just like, I just love him. He's yeah. it's great. But and Cam Atkinson, I think, has helped the team defensively. I think they've been a better defensive team on the offensive side when he's been on the ice. And I've really enjoyed him on the penalty kill. And just his random shooting has been a lot of fun. But Cam Atkinson is a random shooter. Shooter, shoot. But they don't really set guys yep. up that much. And Jake Voracek, looking at his numbers right now, he's having a great year in Columbus so far. He's got one goal and 14 assists. So that's 15 point in 16 games played. He's really having a great time. And I like to see it for Jake. Just don't do that against the Flyers. But you're right. right. He He's a guy who set a lot of people up and he was very good in the offensive zone. And he's a guy you really slept on for his offensive skills. Yes. And I am not quite doing a lap on all of the people that wanted to trade him because, again, I don't think it was a bad trade. I think it needed to happen. But I am saying, like, hey, assists aren't bad because assists lead to goals. Like, the only reason we count assists is because the event was a goal. Oh, yeah. And I really, I forever hated people who shit on assists as points because I, the, the one time that always gets to me is when Yaramir Yager started as a flyer. And it's about a decade ago at this point, which is disgusting. I don't even want to think about time passing like that. No, thank you. No, I don't either. And I've been podcasting for almost a decade. And oh my God, I'm old. But Yaramir Yager, when he started as a flyer, had, I think, I want to say like his first seven games or something, he didn't have a goal. and But he had a bunch of assists. And I remember the media really taking it. When's Yager going to score? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like... He's producing. It's not like he's not doing shit out there. Like, I don't really know what you want. Like, his line's kicking ass. He's producing. And I thought that was just so unfair. And then what Voracek's gotten for the assists over the past few years, Claude Giroux, for the most part. Notice Claude Giroux scoring goals and getting a little bit more credit, although the past few games, not so much. But it's assists or points too, folks. Assists or points. All right. Recognize it, please. Like, it's, it's, I understand why people are tracking first assists, second assists, and why they're less valuable than actually scoring the goal. I understand that, but it's still a valuable skill. 
It's a valuable skill. And the Flyers do have a very long history of drafting and playing passers as opposed to shooters, but that doesn't mean that passing and and assisting on goals and setting guys up is a bad skill to have. The Flyers just did a piss-poor job of building out their team for the past 10 years. Is that the right way to say that? I think it is. I think a lot of people would agree with that. Yeah, I, I would think so. Like, I don't think that this team is piss poor right now. I think that there's definitely some concerns with scoring, but... Well, it's a, it's a very weirdly that's... constructed team, too. And it, it, it's a team where I like a lot of the components, but you, then you wonder, like, do all these things fit together? Uh, like the defense, for instance. Like, we've seen Proveroff and Ellis. They seem to work really well together. Ristolainen and Sanheim, while they've had better results in recent games, it still seems like a bit of an odd pairing, but you really can't think of anybody else to pair those guys with. And then... I know. Yandel Braun actually works out really nicely when Ellis is in there, but when Ellis isn't in there, Yandel Sealer... Nick Sealer's doing his best out there. and Keith Yandel's never been Mr. Defense, so it's, uh, it's a tough pairing to watch. I like Nick Sealer as a human being. <laughs> I like Nick Sealer as a puncher. I thought that Nick Sealer was a robot for a long period of this season because I didn't think that it was a real name, like Denton Heinen. Oh my God, Steph, when I was doing the forecast this week, the entire Devils lineup is fake names. So you're going to have a fun time with the Is Devils it? They're game. all fake? They're all fake. There's only like three real players on that team. Bear knows. I, Bear does know. Bear is telling on me right now. What he's actually saying out loud is that I've considered buying the Jersey Jersey. <laughs> Goddamn Jersey Jersey. It just says Jersey. The Jersey Jersey, Jersey Jersey. Because I forgot that Douglas Hamilton was in New Jersey. And I really like Douglas. And I like a Jersey saying Jersey on it. Like, I like that. And also, I'm from New Jersey. My my friend Pittsburgh Steve now lives in New Jersey, and he was pro the Jersey Jersey for that same reason, pretty much. Like, I'm in Jersey now. I live in Jersey. And I'm like, Steve, you're a Penguins fan. And also, that thing's got about 65 stripes on it. That's too many stripes. Yeah. Also needs more red. Okay? It objectively needs more red. Yes. However, I may buy it anyway. <laughs> Okay. Like I'm, I'm just I'm, to I display in your home anyway. as the the like this is Jersey. Well, I have you just I have, have a whole Jersey so room. Many... It's got the Jersey jersey. It's got like Tony Soprano at the diner. Uh, I guess Frank Sinatra, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> that's all the and John Bon Jovi. That's all the Jersey I can think of. Yeah, and uh, disco fries. Oh, and disco fries. Yeah, yeah. The Jersey oh. Devil itself, not the Jersey Devils. But the, the goat creature living in the Pine Barrens. Of course, that is, you know, that is very representative of Jersey. Everybody's had a coffee with the Jersey Devil at some point. Yeah. <coughs> Bear's telling you about his encounter. The Jersey Devil I was going, is my best friend, is what that means. I was going to mute out his barks, but since we're no. talking about them, now I can't. No. I, I'm, I'm into it. Let's keep going. <coughs> okay. Um... What the fuck was I saying? That I might buy a Jersey jersey. The Jersey um, jersey. I was talking about your Jersey room that you're going to set up. It's just all. Oh, right, right, right. So I have 
I found that I don't really wear jerseys anymore. Like I did when I was going to a lot of Flyers games, but even then, like I, I just have kind of stopped. But I still like having them. Like I like having them hanging up. So oh, I'm I've right got, here with you. I'm I've right got a Montreal Canadiens jersey. I have Flyers jerseys. I have a couple Maple Leafs jerseys. I have um, a Arizona Coyotes jersey. Like. I think that it would be cool to have a jersey from every team in the league at some point. Am I ever going to wear them? No. Are they ever going to leave my closet? Probably not. I'm into it, though. I I just think that it would be cool. I have a Colorado Avalanche jersey from the late 90s because I I really like that team back then. Those were pretty. They were pretty. And I have a, a white Hartford Whalers jersey. I like that a lot. I have a 98 Team USA jersey. So I have some good. I've got some good ones that are non flyers. Oh, yeah, I've got a Team North America jersey, too. Oh, oh, from the, like, weird ESPN International Tournament that will never happen again. (laughs) Yeah, like the World Cup of hockey that was going to be an annual thing, and then they didn't pay the players. Lest we forget the North America under 18, or, I'm sorry, what was it, like, 18 to 21 team or something like that? Yeah, it was something (laughs) weird like that, but they were super fun. Oh, it was a lot of fun. They're super fun. I think McKinnon had a game where he just went ham or something. And Austin Matthews was on that team. Shane Gossespierre, who is the jersey that I have, was on the team. Like, it was nice. just... Connor McDavid. Like, it was just the most insane group of dudes. That was so much fun. And they're all, like, late 20s, early 30s right now, which is even more insane. Yeah. That makes me want to die. No, I don't want to think that about that. That makes me want to die. I don't want to think about that at all. The only thing that doesn't make me want to die so far this season is the goaltending. The goaltending's actually good. Um, I'm not sure whether we're legally allowed to say that on a Flyers podcast. I'll have to check the documentation. Okay, but you get you Carter check with Hart, legal, but I'm gonna rave about Carter Hart in the meantime. Please do because holy shit, Carter Hart! I I am now no longer regretting buying three of his T-shirts on clearance from the Flyers store a couple weeks ago. <laughs> nice, nice. That was a good call, Carter Hart. And it's a shame that the the numbers got tarnished by the Lightning game because they looked even better, but they still look pretty damn good. So twelve games played, two four zero GAA, nine twenty eight save percentage, and a shutout for Carter Hart. Martin Jones, not too shabby. Five games played, 282 GAA, 920 save percentage. And compared to the numbers from last year, which I think Carter Hart had like a four GAA for most of last year, maybe a five, and his save percentage I think was below 800 at one point. This is pretty night and day. And I think at this point, I think 12 games in, it's pretty safe to say Carter Hart is back and he's awesome. And I. It, it warms my heart to see at least one thing going right. Yeah, um, he's been unreal. But I never really thought that he wouldn't be. I, you know, maybe some minor concerns, but I wasn't really that worried. What I want to highlight is Martin Jones with a 920 save percentage. I did not think that that was possible. No, it felt like he was contractually obligated to just do 897 each year, 896, whatever it was, for three years straight. Yeah, I've been really pleased with him as a backup. Now, he had a stinker against, I can't remember the team the other day. Was it Boston? It was Boston, yeah. I was there. It was a time. It It was not good. But again, Boston is a great team. 
Right, which is why I have a trouble really blasting this team too much over some of the losses they've had in the past month. Like, it really sucks in the moment, but it's like, okay, they lost to the Maple Leafs, they lost to the Bruins, they lost to the Lightning. Like, these are all really good upper-tier NHL teams. They're all good teams, and I think that that's important to keep in mind because we're not losing to... Oh, God, who's real bad? The Coyotes. Chicago. They, the Coyotes. They played the Coyotes, and I, I think a lot of us thought after having a pretty good West Coast trip, they were going to relent and, and have a bad time against the Coyotes, and they actually took care of business against them. It wasn't a pretty game, but they took care of business. No, it was ugly. It was it was real ugly. It was ugly. That's going to happen sometimes. And so I think the, the problem is, though, like, this team is... This team does need, like, a shift in some way, right? They are not winning a lot of puck battles. They're not really... The strategy doesn't look good. I I really would like to see some adjustments from the coaching staff in that regard. And I think that's where people are despairing, is they're just... A lot of the fundamentals aren't quite there. I think this team's going to get results, right? But it really does feel like if they're going to kick it to the next level, like, something's got to change somewhere. And I don't know if that's getting these guys healthy or actually making a move at some point. Right. And I don't have the answer for that either. Um, You know, my pie in the sky is, you know, let's just wait for Kevin Hayes, Ryan Ellis, Wade Allison to get healthy and see what Morgan Frost can do. And let's see what happens in January. Let's see what happens in February. Like, it's a long ass season. We've got time. Right. It is a long ass season. And that's important to remember as uh, remember my PSA from two weeks ago against the ever dreaded Eagles brain. Do not treat the hockey season with the Eagles brain. Do not do that. I do recall the Eagles brain discussion. Yes, it's been a concern of mine for years. And I think social media has just made this so much worse where people can just overanalyze each game. And really like it used to just be like very hardcore dedicated fans and the beat writers really analyzing things to death, but now everybody can do it. And also there's a lot of just resources and blogs and such looking at us, but it's, (laughs) (laughs) it's our fault. It's our fault. Blame BSH. But the good news is that was a very, very difficult November schedule. The December schedule is, I think a lot kinder. You've got opponents like, so we've got New Jersey coming up on Sunday Islanders and Rangers next week, then a little bit of a break, then a really rough back-to-back with Tampa Bay and Colorado. Good Lord. Yeah, I don't like how that sounds for me personally, for my own mental health. Maybe maybe some of one of those games will be on NBC and I can't watch it. <laughs> but then the rest of the month, I mean, you get the Devils a couple times, you get Montreal, Ottawa, Arizona, Washington, Pittsburgh, Seattle, San Jose, and Vegas. All right, that's fine it's not too bad that's actually a lot more middle of the you know middle ground as opposed to like oh you've got to play carolina twice tampa bay twice boston just all these juggernauts yeah i know in march they're coming to um nashville and carolina but that's as far as i've gone just because i want to go to those games Right. I, that's the only, I mean, they got a West Coast trip at the end of the year because the, the ever vaunted Disney on ice trip. You got to remember Disney on ice. <laughs> Seattle, San Jose, LA, and Anaheim. That's your, your West Coast run. But really, that's not bad. I mean, Seattle sucks. San Jose's had some trouble. LA's had trouble. And I think Anaheim's been better than expected, but I'm not 100% sure on that front. But regardless, I think 
the worst month of the season is the one we just got through. And if they get healthier from here and the opponents aren't as bad, I think you're in pretty good shape. But I guess we're going to have to see. I really don't see Chuck Fletcher making a big move anytime soon. I'd be, I think they'd have to go into a serious skid for, for Chuck Fletcher to make any sort of monumental move at this point before the trade deadline. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, you know, they need to figure out what this team is. And in order to do that, they need to be healthy. So there's no point in really pushing for a trade right now because it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Unless it's Brock Besser. Bring Brock Besser here. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, right. That's forget everything that I just said. Bring me Brock Besser at all costs. I can't. I would be so legitimately shocked if Vancouver let go of a guy like him. I just can't see it happening. I mean, they're a hot fucking mess up there. There's I don't remember exactly what it is because my memory is so bad. I mean, Jim Benning's just a terrible GM. Well, he's terrible at a lot of things. Yeah. Hockey. Yeah, no, people are a lot of things. Hockey, it's a fun time right now. We're doing great. So I think that it is very, very possible that there are some big shakeups happening in Vancouver, but I don't know whether it's going to be in front office or players. Could be both. Yeah, well, I wouldn't mind having uh, some luck fall through the Flyers if uh, one of their good players were to fall through the cracks there and the Flyers should just swoop in and say, he's ours now. Brock Besser is ours. Who is it that they have that's really good? Is it Quinn Hughes? Quinn Hughes is great. Pedersen's great. I like Besser well, a lot. that I knew. I yeah. think it was, yeah, Quinn Hughes that I was thinking of. They're a good team. They got a lot going on. Unlike the New Jersey Devils who have, <laughs> it's funny because the Devils have the same record as the Flyers and I'm talking trash in them, but the New Jersey Devils top scorers. But scorer, they're bad. <laughs> their top scorers right now are Dawson Mercer and Jesper Brett. I know one of those names. I barely know Jesper Bratt, but Dawson Mercer is as fake as it gets. Yeah, no, that's not a person. That's that's on the same level as Mayo from a couple weeks ago. That's not a person. <laughs> Mayo! I love Mayo. Mayo. Mayo's so good. Like, what the fuck? How? Uh, I... Those are my thoughts on someone in the professional hockey league being named Mayo. Mayo. And he's not on Pittsburgh. It's shocking. And he's not on Pittsburgh, which is absurd. It's absurd. Make Mayo go to Pittsburgh. Actually, he's pretty good, so no, I don't want him there. Oh, Ignore okay. this, no, Ron. I know Ron it's... listens to this podcast, so he's he's definitely, you know, don't take my ideas, Ron. He hasn't before. Why Ron... would he start now? Yeah, Ron probably hates us, but I don't care. Ron hates That's us. It. We don't care. We don't care. <laughs> No one likes us. No one likes us. All right. I think we've talked enough hockey. So I, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the big holiday this week before we get out of here. Because. Yes, let's do this. I have found that Broad Street Hockey has some of the most insane food takes I've ever heard in my life. And then Thanksgiving takes that were coming. I, my head was spinning. I didn't know people could have hard takes on Thanksgiving like this, let alone on the central meats of Thanksgiving. But my God. I was, I was appalled. I was appalled. Appalling. Appalling takes left and right. So I didn't even know. There's so many things the internet will open to me 
that I didn't even know was a thing. <laughs> and one of them was apparently turkey's a trash bird and nobody likes turkey, blah, blah, blah. I, no idea until now. I didn't know this was a thing that people were like, I, it's a trash bird. Nobody likes it. Because I fucking love a good piece of turkey. And if you do it right, yeah. if you actually take the time and, you know, cook it in the oven right, like, I, I, people are acting like, oh, this is, oh, it takes forever, blah, blah, blah. Okay, it can take forever, but I don't know. I, you just brine it. You season it, and you put it in the oven, and it's done, and it's great, and you make great gravy. I, I, I think you're missing out if you don't like turkey and gravy. I think your life is just desolate if you don't like that. That's uh, no offense to the vegans. I, I understand, but, you know, for, for you meat eaters, come on. Yeah, like, get someone who knows how to cook turkey to cook you a turkey. But also, the the argument that it takes so much time, you have to put it in the oven and that's it. Like, wh- what are you doing during that time that is making it so inconvenient to cook this bird? Like, you're watching TV while it's in the oven. Get up once an hour and baste it. That's it. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. So I don't know what trash turkey these people are eating, but come eat a turkey I made and it's going to be delicious. You're going to love it. I can't talk this year because I just decided to order out from a restaurant this year and it's going to be fantastic, but... I love that for you. I love it for me too, and it's going to be a good time. But I made a great turkey two years ago and it was just like a great, like, farm-raised, like, super organic co-op turkey and, oh, we, we brined it and we seasoned it and it was fantastic. But people are coming in like, no, you can't have a ham. Ham is trash. No turkey is trash. Just enjoy your meats, people. Just enjoy your meats. All right. Well, ham is trash. Oh, ham's fine. Like, that's fair. But if you want to have it as a secondary meat on Thanksgiving, I'm not going to hate on that. Like, do whatever makes you happy. But also, telling me that your family doesn't cook turkey, but instead does Thanksgiving steaks (laughs) and saying that I'm weird for never having heard of that. I'm sorry, Eamon, but oh you've God. been raised incorrectly. Eamon, I really wanted to have Eamon on for the Thanksgiving throwdown, so I was, I was disappointed when he couldn't make it on for this. Part of this is my fault for getting my booster last week. Good, uh, no regrets there, because I needed it. But <laughs> to not have... I'm going to have Eamon on at some point to talk to him about this, and he will listen to this. So Eamon comes into this discussion in the Slack and just blows everything up, because it's just like kind of back and forth like oh blah 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 blah. i'm just like okay fine i'm i was the mom at thanksgiving dinner here going like do we have to argue it's thanksgiving (laughs) then Eamon comes in and he just he just throws a bomb in the room and he goes what you guys don't eat steak on thanksgiving (laughs) what like we are the weird ones we're the weird ones i'm not gonna hate on the thanksgiving steak i've never done it but it certainly seems like the one holiday where I'm not doing a steak, frankly. But he's just like, what, you don't do Thanksgiving steak? No, I, I've never heard of such a concept in my life. I've never. And like, okay, that's what your family's doing. Fine. But we are not the weird ones for not knowing about Thanksgiving steak. Thanksgiving steak has never come up. And don't get me wrong. I love a good piece of steak. And I know steak is very yeah. easy to cook. You throw it on the grill. It's done in like five minutes. Great. But like, it's not a thing. It might be for you. It's, it's not, not a, a thing, thing for most people. It's, it's not a thing. Not a thing. Like I've heard 
you know, we'll do prime rib at Christmas. Sure. I think maybe maybe once we had it as a secondary meat for Thanksgiving, but the turkey is the meat. It is do the other meat. families do secondary meats? It's not just mine, right? No, we, we've done ham on the side before. We've done secondary meats. Okay. And my mom always used to have... My mom would always do like a weird little like tortellini side. Like it wouldn't really go with Ooh. anything, but it was delicious. So I never complained. Yeah. Yeah. Just like a little red sauce of tortellini I, I actually, on the side. I'm like, that's nice. I like that. Tonight I'm making mashed potatoes and two separate green bean casseroles to bring to my three Thanksgivings over the next two days. Three Thanksgivings over two days. Well, because my sister-in-law is in the hospital... They're doing shifts. Oh, so my I Thanksgiving Thanksgiving see. will be with my nephews and my sister-in-law's mother. Um, and then I'll go to my friend Gina's house. And then on Friday, my brother will come home and my sister-in-law's mother will go to the hospital with her. And we'll have Thanksgiving part two. Okay. Well, you know, I like that. I, and I, I hope it all goes as as well as can be. Considering the uh, circumstances. Well, once my once Jen, my my sister in law, comes out of the hospital, which she will, but it may be a few more months. Um, we're just going to do all the holidays then. Like we're just, I'm just going to dress the boys up in Halloween costumes every single day and be like, it's Halloween today. Take pictures. I love that in general, but I especially love that given the circumstances. Yeah, like we're not. The boys aren't going to miss anything. That Jen isn't going to miss anything. We're just going to do it all. Who gives a fuck what the actual day is? We'll have Christmas in April. Who cares? You almost went for the cliche Christmas in July. You came very close and you you held back. I did. I applaud the restraint. I held back. Because, like, why can't we do Christmas in April and July? You can do Who, Christmas whenever the hell you want. Who's making these rules? Halloween whenever you That's want. That's what I'm saying. You know, I'm into it. I'm into it. I, I, That's what I'm saying. Why should we only dress up once a year? There's no reason. And especially little kids. Little kids should be able to have Halloween... Once a month that they want, frankly. I'll give them candy. It's fine. Exactly. How cute are they in in their little costumes? Like, I will buy costumes for every growth stage. Right now, they're in six to nine months. I'll buy a costume for nine to 12 and then 12 to 18. Like, I'll just do that for all of their sizes. It's Halloween today. It's fine. Don't ask questions. Yeah, that's it. I, I love it. I'm into it. I love it. The thing is, the important thing is... For your Thanksgiving, you do you. Whatever makes you happy, whatever. If you want to do steak, go nuts. I'm just not the weirdo for not having heard of it. But if you want to do steak, enjoy the hell out of it. Cook the best damn steak you can. You want to do turkey, enjoy that damn turkey. And even you ham lovers, if you love ham, guess what? Go go nuts on your honey ham over there. But regardless, enjoy yourself. Try not to to cause too much drama. It's it's tough, especially right now. It's tough, and I'm not going to comment any further on that. But... If you yes. are making a turkey, cook the hell out of that turkey. Make a great turkey. Make it moist. I do like the brine. The brine worked out well for me in the past. And, you know, for me, ultimately, all I really care about is I get that turkey mashed potato gravy experience, and that's all I need. I love the sides, don't get me wrong, but I get that, like, perfect proportion right there. That's all I care about. Steph, what's your what's your big go-to? Like, what's what are you looking forward to the most? Gravy. Like, just the gravy, because I put it on everything. Everything. But... I put I put it on everything. Everything. I've got to say it's it's the whole experience for me. It's it's the gravy on the stuffing, the mashed potatoes, the turkey. 
the green bean casserole, which is probably my favorite side. And I understand that people don't like that, but I put a lot of cheese in mine. I promise you it's good. Green beans are good if you pour cook some them right. gravy. Yeah. yeah. You just got to season pour them. Pour some on there. What other? I, I just pour gravy on everything. At Biscuits. Biscuits and delicious. gravy is one of my favorite combinations in the world. God, yes. And I live in Georgia. Mm. That's the one thing I'm always jealous of the South for is the the Southern food experience, like the barbecue and also just like the, the Southern soul food and such. Like, I, I, I love yes. all that stuff. I would probably weigh 6,000 pounds if I lived in the South, though. So it's for the best. It is stunning that I've lost weight since I've moved here because the barbecue, amazing. The problem is to get a good sandwich, you have to drive back to Philly. (laughs) That's true. They just like don't do sandwiches here. And it's like, I just want a turkey and cheese fucking hoagie and I'll call it a sub if you need me to, but (laughs) I can't get one here. That's what I've heard. And I, I, I would have trouble with that. I'm around the corner from what I consider one of the best sandwich shops in the the city. And I'd be very sad if I couldn't get that anymore. I'm extremely upset. I have been ordering cheesesteaks from a pizza place around the corner. They have to hold the mushrooms, hold the peppers, hold... Oh my God. God, they put something else weird on I will never understand the obsession with putting peppers on sandwiches and calling it Philly style outside of Philadelphia. It drives me nuts. We rarely And they use, use provolone. Here. Provolone's fine. They don't. For a cheesesteak. It's but... fine, but like, don't do that to me. I just want American. <laughs> well, American should be the default, and then you can sub out provolone or whiz if you want to. Exactly. But And I understand exactly. if they don't have whiz. Like, I, I get that. But not, not everybody can make their own fancy smancy whizzes like up here or take it out of a big can. <laughs> A big nuclear right. can. But. So I've, I've been ordering these cheesesteaks from there. Hold all of the gross shit. Just give me <laughs> meat, cheese, bread. And even then, like, it's it's passable. I enjoy, I enjoy the experience. But they don't understand that a cheesesteak is a whole hoagie and not a half a hoagie. So that's a whole other thing. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's, that's a... Oh, boy. I will say, yeah. I, I and I often underestimate just how good the bread is. I think I've been getting more of an appreciation for the bread recently. And I also wonder if people just been upping their bread games because I feel like it's actually been yes. getting better. Uh, yeah. Because like the other day uh, when I went to the, the Bruins game, uh, I got a steak. They're, they're using Delco steaks at the stadium now. And Jason needed a report for the blog on it. I was like, well... I volunteer as tribute, thank you. So I <laughs> really just did a horrible thing for myself and got a cheese thing. Oh, it was great. Uh, and despite being like the stadium quality, you know, because it's never that hot in the stadium. It's never, and like you gotta gotta maneuver it in your seat and it's really awkward. And they gave you a whole honking sandwich. Like this was a big boy right nice. here. But oh. even that, even that like, it's been under a heat lamp. It was probably made like an hour ago. It was still delicious. Like the bread was so good. The cheese was so good. I, I forget. I forget if that was Cooper or not. Cooper Sharp has been used on a lot more sandwiches recently in Philly. And it's so good. Yes. But like. I would probably lay down and just die if I could have that sandwich. <laughs> it's so good. It, all, I, all I want is a good sandwich. I'm sorry to have tempted you. But next time you're up, we'll. No, we'll that's all right. Sandwich palooza it up. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, that or you can like freeze one and send it to me. I won't be upset if you do that. <laughs> Probably heat up well. In Probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, folks. Well, one other thing I wanted to bring up. I, I'm going to skip the one topic on here because I'll, I'll bring that up another time. But uh, we got to get wrapping up soon. We've oh, been no. talking a while. But d- did you want to bring up <laughs> some 41 mom real quick? <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. This will take like two minutes. So the other day in the Slack, for some reason, we were talking about the 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 punk pop band Sum 41 from back in the day. I believe they're Canadian as well. And I think like Kurt started quoting them or something and it turned into a whole thing. We were just exchanging lyrics back and forth. And then Thomas came in and said, Canadian story time. Sum 41, Sum 41 is from the same area as I am. And Derek's mom is always easy to spot in a parking lot because she has a Sum 41 mom vanity license plate. And I was just (laughs) pissing myself laughing over this. Like, she actually has a vanity license plate that says Sum 41 mom. And I think that's so great. Like, I just love that she has that. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I saw a vanity plate the other day that was hat trick, but only had one T. Oh. So it was like hat Rick. Hat Rick. That's his Which nickname. I thought hat was Rick. very strange. Or hat Rick. Or But some 41 mom, trick. like there's no way to confuse that. There's no way to confuse that. She is the mom of some 41, the, the entity of some 41. And it's just like, that's so Canadian. It's so Canadian. It feels like the quintessential Canadian story. It really does. Just like she just goes around with that license plate and she's still proud to this day that she's the Sum 41 mom. The Sum 41 mom. Right. The. Not not a. The. Like a band that absolutely hit their peak 20 years ago at this point or maybe like 19 years ago. Yeah, no, around that time. Yep. Yeah. But hey, good for them and good for her. I, I just love that he shared this factoid <laughs> with us. That was like, I do. That too. was so good. And then because we were just going back and forth with lyrics to what was it, Fat Lip or whatever. I think it was Fat Lip. <laughs> yeah, a band that I heard that in the car the other day. Did you? I haven't heard that on the radio in forever. Yeah. I actually put on one of their I, albums. Well, after, it was on my Pandora. I put on one of their albums on Spotify after I heard that whole. We had that whole exchange. I'm like, I have to listen to this. I haven't, I'm starting to explore that the music from my, my high school era now. And, you know, now I have the amused, like, for a while I kind of, like, self-loathe for liking that stuff. But now I have the amused look back where it's like, I can listen to Linkin Park. I'm like, oh, yeah, I really love this band at one point. I was listening. So I have, like, on Pandora, I think, a Green Day station. So it's a lot of stuff from that time that comes up. And I heard a good Charlotte song. Oh. And I was like... Like, the beat is good, but why the fuck did I ever like this song? That's exactly right. That is exactly how to describe them. And that's, I mean, that's a band I remember coming up in the first place because I saw them at, like, a Y100, like, festival when that was a thing. And they were one of the first, (laughs) I think they played right after Tenacious D when there were, like, five people in the stands still and people are, like, just getting high in the parking lot. And then a couple years later they were headlining at the the Y100 Festival which is the indoor one at the Wells Fargo Center and I saw them with a uh, 
a cascading wave of very, very smelly weed and body odor, which, <laughs> what a time. Ooh, that's an experience. Oh, and it was called the First Union Center at the time, so that's important to note. The FU Center. Right, right, right. Of course, of course. People were so sad when it the wasn't FUC. called the FU Center anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I really miss Fly Purpley under quarantine because I just love calling it the fuck show. Oh, yeah, I do, too. I've been trying to find ways to work that in. And the Q's the hardest part. And no, I don't yeah. want to talk about that letter any more than the word quarantine here. Nope. Nope. No more than nope. that. So trying to find a title That's that it. incorporates that has been difficult. But one day I'm going to find a way to do that. I will find a way. Okay. I believe in you. Thank you. I appreciate that, boss. If if anyone could do it, you can. So <laughs> it's my challenge right there. And I will not be taking suggestions. Thank you. I let Steve name all of the things because he's a very rare talent. This is just like I'll I'll just get a random ping from the Slack saying, uh, like, <laughs> Steve, I need this, and I'll I'll think about it for I don't know. Usually it's like two minutes, and then I'll answer back. I'm like. Here's the exact thing. It was like the, the heart ACDC one. It's like we needed a tweet for that. Yeah. And I came back. Thankfully, I know a lot about ACDC. So this was very quick for me. I was like, oh, it was you'll perfect. be thunderstruck by our new heart shirt. <laughs> just That's exactly what it was. No time at all. It just instantaneously came to me. It's just my this is how my brain Amazing. works. And I think it's from all the comic book alliteration that I took in as a kid. It just it did something to yeah. me. Also, the brain worms. Oh, the brain worms, of course. They run my body. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> well, final note here. I just wanted to welcome back the real Philly fanatic. It's It's been a long time with this imposter fanatic so far. And just to welcome back the real deal is a joy and a pleasure. And I just can't imagine what would happen if the Flyers got into a similar situation where they didn't want to pay the creators of Gritty and they had to introduce a knockoff Gritty. <laughs> That'd be so bad. That would go very poorly. That would go very poorly. And I can't even imagine what a knockoff Gritty would look like because Gritty is already like the the minimum effort mascot. <laughs> Just a deranged Muppet, ultimately. Like, uh, are you going to give yeah. him wings or something? He's got fins now. Gritty's got fins? I don't think I like that. I'm sorry, what? Oh, we got rid of the googly eyes and they're just regular eyes. That's what the new Gritty looks like, so we can't get sued. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It would just be dumb shit. Like, I, I, with the fanatic, it was like, oh, his, um, he's, he's got, like, uh, small differences here, here, and here, and that's enough, and, like, his, it's now a powder blue instead of a, like, navy blue and all that bullshit. Oh, my God. I, I just can't uh. imagine the obnoxious lengths the Flyers would go to because the Phillies went to some really obnoxious lengths and everybody hated the imposter fanatic. Yeah, I remember that. Everyone hated it. Yeah, but he's gone now. They can just burn. They should just open up the next season by burning the old fanatic suit at, like, <laughs> on the side of the field or something. Rest in piss, scab fanatic. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Ugh. Can that be the title of the show? It can be if you want. I don't know if iTunes is going to allow that, but, you know, we could try. Apple Podcasts. Oh, probably not. Wouldn't let me say a birthday <laughs> suit in a, a title one time, so. Oh, gosh. Still funny. Still funny. <laughs> uh, well, rest in piss, indeed. 
Folks, thanks so much for listening. <laughs> if you have any feedback, the best place is twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Steph at StephaliciousD. Anything that you want yes, to plug for the site right me. now or anything? No. Good. Listen to our podcasts. Read my words. I don't write words. Read my websites. Hear my words. All of them, not just Broad Street Hockey. Thank you. Hear my words. StephaliciousD. D on and the- if you're if you're sick of the flyers and want to be a Dave Hackstall fan as well, we do have our new community called Davy Jones Locker Room. But not Dave Hackstall's locker room, which they do not. No, nope, because he lost them. Oh my God. They're gone. They already hate him, and it's so funny to me. It is so funny. It I it just warms my cold dead heart because it just does. It just does. I'm sorry that they're going through this as their first season as a franchise, but. They should have done better because that was just a poor decision. It just justifies every opinion we ever had on Dave Hackstall, like instantaneously, yes. and it just feels good. Agreed. Agreed. I think that's how Rangers fans feel whenever AV has like a bad decision they make. Like, ah, yeah, 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 there it is. That's exactly how Rangers fans feel. Yep. I don't like making Rangers fans feel good. Big Al, get it together, my man. That's all I'm saying. Head out of ass. Head out of ass. Stephalish Steve, you can follow me at Flyperbole or at Estebomb, but if it's for hockey, make it Flyperbole. Follow BSH Radio, follow Broad Street Hockey, follow Flyperbole on Instagram and Broad Street Hockey, and follow Broad Street Hockey on TikTok. That's all we got. Wear your mask. Wear your mask for the Wash love your time. damn hands. Wash your damn hands. It's, you know, and, and please be respectful to people who are enforcing these, these mandates. They're just trying to keep you safe and they're just trying to do their damn jobs. They're just trying to do their damn job, so leave them alone, please. Please leave them alone. Wear your damn mask. Wear your damn mask. Wash your damn Wash hands. Your damn hands. It's, it's, not, it's not hard. It's not hard. It really isn't. Oh, I'm going to cry. Nope. Folks, we love and appreciate you. Happy Thanksgiving, and until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Fly-purbly. Bringing it back. Bringing it back. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balke and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V on Apple spotify youtube and everywhere you get your podcasts go astros